0: Welcome back to the Tapes Archive podcast, where we release interviews that have never been heard before. In this episode, we have The Doors keyboardist Ray Manzirik. At the time of this interview in 1998, Manzirik was 59 years old and was promoting his autobiography, My Life with the Doors. In the interview, Manzirik talks about whether Iggy Pop was considered to replace Jim Morrison, his dislike of Oliver Stone's movie, The Doors, living in the shadow of Jim Morrison, and how he thinks David Crosby is an obnoxious guy. Yeah. As always, we have music critic Mark Allen at the helm conducting the interview. If you'd like to support the show, please like, follow, and subscribe to us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram. There, we post other content and information not available on the podcast. If you'd like to read the transcripts for any of our episodes, please head over to our website at thetapesarchive.com. We'll jump into the interview after a quick word from our sponsors. The Tapes Archive is proud to be sponsored by the true crime documentary, Dead Man's Line.
1: You've got a hundred armed officers around here trying to get a shot at me. I dared him to shoot me. I didn't go down there to be a buffoon. I went down there for vengeance. And that's thought how I have vengeance. In 1977, Tony Kiritsis kidnapped a mortgage broker and held him captive for three days. For the first time ever, the media was able to cover the event live. To some, Tony was a hero. To others, he was a crazed thug. Dead Man's Line. The true story of tony karitzis
0: this award-winning film is available exclusively on amazon prime one last thing before we get to the interview the tapes archive podcast is a proud member of osiris media a global community connecting passionate fans with podcasts and experiences about artists and topics you love thanks for tuning in and now it's time to open the vault
1: Hey, hello. Hi, Ray. Yes, it's Mark Allen in Indianapolis. Hi. How are you? Very good. Good. You're expecting me. Was, you was I supposed to call you? No, I was. They, well, originally, Sorry. but then they called me and said, "Call him." So very good. Hi, Mark. Hi. <laughs> That's how I got the number. You know. Very good. You're not in information, are you? You're not, not in the yet. Book, no. Yet. <laughs> but I may put my name in there just to receive a lot of crank phone calls. Yeah. All those strange guys who want to reform the Doors with them as the lead singer. These guys are usually sort of speed freaks. Out of the high desert here in California, uh, two thousand years ago they'd have been followers of Jesus, but they're, or Essenes, or, or you know, or some strange cult or something. But as it is, they're uh, they're looking to be the new Jim Morrison. Yeah, you know there are there are many things I want to ask you, but, but since you brought that up, you know there was always the rumor that Iggy Pop was going to become the front man of the Doors. That's true. It, that is true. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Well, he wasn't going to become, but I mean we were we were talking about le- uh, different lead singers and Iggy. Pop was one of the guys. And how far did that get? Well, it was talk. Yeah. As far as it got. Yes. We never got anybody. We, we talked about a lot of guys. We talked about Iggy. We talked about Mick Jagger. He already had a band. And then we talked about Off the Wall, Paul McCartney, good singer, and a bass player. Right. Hey, we could get a bass player. So but that didn't quite work out either. Uh, So so this book, um, why did you write it now? It's my transition into the uh, 21st century book. It's to help the audience, to help the young people who uh, may not have an idea as to what the 60s were all about. Make it over this apocalyptic transition that we're in right now, this millennial apocalyptic transition period. And uh, to know that there are some older people that carry the torch of love. Don't you think all this millennium stuff is ridiculously overblown? Well, Not if you're a born again, you know. Not if you're not if you're a true believer in the apocalyptic nature of the Book of the Apocalypse, and uh, which I am not, but many, many, many people are. You know, they uh, sincerely believe that it's uh, these are the end times. So you know, I'm trying to allay those fears. You know, that's a real paranoid, dark, paranoid, fearful way of approaching the universe, and I want the young people to know that there's a uh, that there's another way to approach. Man and existence, and it's that's, that's, this is how we did it in the 60s, and uh, maybe you guys uh, might find might find some inspiration or some guidance in it. So that's why I'm doing. Plus, all those crap books about Jim holy cow I mean enough was enough already I got sick of those crap ass books god almighty people writing books who gave Jim a blow job and are all of a sudden his love for life like god stop it will you I had anal sex with Jim Morrison's witch wife or something so I, I don't want to I, I, those books are sick they're all sick so anyway that's why I did it uh, And uh, so, so do you feel like um, what you guys did Lived through was a good example for uh, for the youth. Well, uh, what we, yeah, what we all lived for, lived through, uh, what we did, and what we lived through collectively, absolutely, yeah. You know, the fact that Jim Morrison died is a cautionary tale. But as far as what we created and how we created it, and the vibrations—dare I say, it, in this day and age—the vibrations that existed between the audience and the people was uh, something to emulate. And if you're into the Bible, Jesus says, "See how good it is for brethren to dwell together in harmony." and that's in fact what we did you know on stage with the film or playing for uh, a bunch of uh, a bunch of hippies in San Francisco it was incredible you know, the 60s were incredible Moshe uh, you had written a bit more about the, the artistry about how the, those songs were written and things like that. Even more? Yes. Even more. Even more? Yeah, because personally we've heard all the, the Jim Morrison tales. Yeah, but you never heard any of the stories that I told. No, and probably I haven't heard them true until now, but, but I mean... You, you didn't know about Miami. I mean, you'd heard about Miami, but you didn't hear that story the, the way I tell it about Miami. Right. What happened in Miami. You know? yeah. No, I, I got it. Yeah, well, that's interesting. I'm glad, I'm glad to hear you say that. You but, know, that would have been fun. That yeah. Been fun, but, because I was just interested in how... Uh, how the writing of the, of the music. How did the music come about? Yeah, where did, the, where did all the stuff come from? Because you're, it, it's all credited to the Doors, right. but where? Okay, so. Well, okay, well, it's like, you know what? It's a lot like Light like My Fire, or um, Jim Morrison singing Moonlight Drive to me on the beach, or, yeah, I couldn't. I I don't know if I could go through song by. song. don't no, 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 I wouldn't expect you to go song by song, but you oh, know, eight albums in four years. I mean, that's just unbelievable. That's a that's a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah, and this, this day and age, isn't it? It's strange. Oh, my God, it takes so long to make albums. I'm shocked. You know, right. are you guys out there songwriting? Well, you know what it is. It's too much touring. You can't write when you're on the road. It's virtually impossible. I don't know. I think people tour uh, tour too much. Quite frankly. Yeah, were there long? I mean, obviously, you weren't touring all. Much. No, 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 no. Yeah, there were there were long periods when we didn't tour, you know, or right. we'd tour on a weekend. We'd go out and play uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, maybe a Monday, and then we'd come back home. So, uh, you know, nobody wanted to go on a 60-city tour, and that's totally insane. You know, how the hell do you do anything but tour? You, know, you can't create, and, and, and the musical creation was uh, was very important. So, you know, we, we tried to strike a nice balance between uh, creating music and, uh, and 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 playing it for the people. I, I think my favorite parts of the book when you're or when you're talking about uh, playing at the whiskey and there's nobody there and you're just rehearsing basically yeah. and how you got it together. I mean, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm just more of a, a music, interested in the music than I play music. So, uh, no, not, not that anyone want to hear that's for sure no but I, I just you know because yeah. to me the, the the creative process is the most interesting thing well, by great, far. Man, I'm glad to hear that so, uh, Jim Morrison is he in heaven or hell uh, is there a heaven or hell well I don't know I don't yeah, believe I in the but... I mean, that's asking the <laughs> question you know that's asking <laughs> a question you don't ask a question of an, of an old acid head you know I mean I'm, I'm, I'm a oneness man well let me put it to you this way Jim Morrison is in heaven because everybody Here's the New Age religion. Here's the religion of Ray Manzarek. Everybody goes to heaven. No matter what you've done? There is no hell. Oh, okay. The hell, if you've done bad things, you're in hell. If you would do something bad on earth, you're, you're in hell. Because the divine revelation of being one with the energy to in you is so divinely deliciously good that Do wrong puts you in a crazy mind, crazy state of mind that is hell. So you're talking about hell on earth? Hell on earth, man. You got it. And retribution? Are you a believer in retribution? Retribution. You're you're giving yourself. I mean, for all your sins, you you are you're paying the ultimate price for your own sins. You know, you're receiving the retribution right here on earth with the anguish, the the anguish inside of you. You don't need to be punished by an all-seeing deity. In fact, what happens to you? after you die is that you merge with the energy of the universe. It's not so much a heaven state or a hell state, you know. You merge with the energy of the universe. The energy of the universe is God. You become God. God is you, me, all of us. Um, Are you a a, a participant in an organized particular? Uh, Doctonism, A-T-E-N. It's it's an ancient Egyptian religion. That was last uh, practiced in uh, the 18th dynasty. Wow, how do you know about this? Sigmund Freud's book, uh, Moses and Monotheism. And lying on the beach in Venice, having this uh, revelation, you know, being under the influence of a certain psychedelic substance uh, that was not illegal at the time, and that has since been made illegal by the fascists. Uh, lying on the beach in Venice and feeling the energy of the sun, and realizing that the energy of the sun is the purest form of God energy that we're capable of understanding uh, in this uh, in this life that we lead, this fleshy, bodily life, and then reading about th- this guy in Egypt, the uh, Pharaoh Akhenaten, a.k.a. Aken, Aken, A-T-E-N. Aten, or what could be Ahken? Yeah, Ahken, And reading about him, and he, I mean, he had the exact same experience, you know. And, he, and he's writing about the energy of the sun, the sun. Disc. they called it the theotms and I read about that in uh, Sigmund Freud's book Moses and Monotheism and then a few other books and uh, my god this is exactly the same experience so, you know I mean human beings are we you know what's beautiful is that human beings are human beings in you know, 3,000 years ago or 1965 66 on the beach in Venice, California it's all the same and it's going to be the same in uh, the year 2000 so you know, hopefully all of us can uh, plug into that energy And be creative and make art. You know, make love, make art. Not war, not greed, not evil. Uh, okay um, let's see is it, it you know thinking about it today and thinking Jim Morrison's now been dead as long as he was alive is that uh, is that kind of incredible to you now is, is, is that a fact yeah was 27 fact. years ago yeah poor guy man I sure wish he was still around I'm telling you that was, uh, that's a tragic loss you know that but interestingly he was uh, uh, 27 as was Janis Joplin Jimi Hendrix Kurt Cobain um uh, um, let's see, who else? Brian Jones, they were all 27, but they didn't make it past their 27th year. Wow. Yeah, wow. a transitional period from uh, youth to uh, adulthood. They just couldn't quite make it. And, uh, oh yeah, of course I missed Jim, And oh, huh. yeah, no, I just, I got it. would've been fun. Yeah, you think he would've aged well? Well, you know what? He was certainly aging quickly. Yeah. And the only thing he could've done was to turn it around. You know, he would've had to have turned it around him Because uh, he was—he uh, don't face it—he was drinking. He was overindulging. He drank too much, and uh, um, he just overindulged himself. And uh, he was not in good shape when he left for Paris, and uh, things just didn't work out in Paris for him. Now, because you know, you, you see what's going on in the music business now. Can you picture, you know, yourself and the rest of the band, you know, in, in your fifties, going out on, you know, a reunion tour and playing sheds and going all over the country? No, we wouldn't be going all over. I can't. I can't imagine us doing that but I'll tell you what we might be doing we we, we might be working on a new album uh, we might be working on a film together we might be working on a uh, stage presentation together we might be working on a Broadway show we might be putting the celebration of the lizard together or we might be doing uh, a touring show called The Magic Theater inside of small auditoriums and smaller venues like uh, Herman Hesse and, and Steppenwolf The Magic Theater we talk about that a prepared theater, so um, we'd be doing things like that. You know, you look at the way that the music business treats what it calls heritage artists now, and I think in a way it'd probably be almost better not to be a, uh, a heritage yeah, artist. You know, but well, let's not be pessimistic. Okay. Let's, think that, let's think that things are going to turn itself around. I mean, that, you know, that's what I'm. Will uh, I mean, the future's right around the corner. 21st century, we'll turn it all around. I, I don't mean any disrespect by this, I just want to ask you do, you, do you feel ever like you're living in the shadow of a dead man? Uh, no. Here's how it goes. That's my friend. That's my friend, Jim Morrison. We went to the film school together at UCLA, and we got the idea to put a rock and roll band together. And I was gonna play the music, and he was gonna be the lead singer and uh, bird man. I was gonna be the music man. And along came John and Robbie and joined us to make music if you've got any brains at all you have to realize that the lead singer gets all the attention both good and bad he gets all the attention but he also gets busted you know he gets all the shit he gets all the crazies who come around people with the drugs and the booze come on Jim get drunk with me I mean Jim of, of course was supposed to get all the attention so the fact that he all the attention That's right, exactly, that's how it's supposed to be. But I'll be damned if, if all of that attention didn't kill him too. Yeah, but you look at other bands, I mean, it, it, that is a very refreshing perspective on things because you look at other bands, and their other bands have just destroyed themselves because of that, because of the jealousy over the attention that one particular member gets. Or if you've ever watched The Who, I mean, it was like, I mean, it was a musical fist fight, you well, know, I mean, it was unbelievable. They made such great music. They did, but. You know? but You know, I mean Townsend could not stand the idea that Doltry got that attention. Right. Well it's the lead singer. Come on, you know. and, 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 And He probably thought, like, "Hey, I wrote the songs. I put this whole damn thing together. And why is he getting all the attention? Because he's the cute one, man. You got the big stars. <laughs> look at you. Like, you look like a dork. I mean, you're a genius and you're a great guitar player, and great songs. But you know, you're a dork. Whereas Peter is. I mean, whereas uh, Roger Daltrey's got those golden boy bots. Of course, you know. And in Morrison's case, I mean, Morrison had the looks. I knew that right off the bat. It's my god. The girls are gonna love this guy. I don't give a shit about that, man. We're gonna make great music together. The music and the poetry, the words and the music." Are Going to blend together and just be absolutely brilliant. So, right. the fact that he got all the attention. Mm-hmm. However, John Densmore just you know, mm-hmm. Jim because Jim got all the girls. <laughs> <laughs> Poor John. Yeah, that, that's made fairly clear in the I book think, as well. I think he, I hope. You're not fucking Jim Morris, come on. Um, another thing that I that I wish you had addressed a little more, you wrote a lot about playing, uh, you know, about how he came to play bass on the organ and right. all. How hard is that? I mean, how physically demanding was that? Uh, it's not. Really? It's not, no. I mean, if you can do it, it's not. If you can't do it, it's impossible. <laughs> you know, it's as simple as that. It's a, it's very, it's a very rudimentary and very fundamental I mean, one of the things about I don't care how simple it was, you, play, you say well, it was. To me, it was one of the more amazing things that, that, that rock and roll ever did. So, okay. you know, I wish that, that there had at least been a little bit of uh, paying attention to the band and what the band did. Well, again, there's that, that charisma, that gosh darn charisma of Jim Morrison. It yeah. you was know, just absolutely overpowered Oliver Stone. I mean, let's face it, Oliver Stone fell in love with Jim. And, I mean, it was definitely a, a sexual relationship going on. And, you know, fortunately, Jim wasn't around, so Oliver couldn't make a fool of themselves trying to actually have intercourse with Jim Morris, or something <laughs> you know, something of that nature. So, I mean, Oliver Stone was in love with Jim Morris physically. So, do you, uh, th- Could you have stopped that movie? Um, no, no, I could uh, because we had we had already signed our rights away to Bill Graham in an act of uh, uh, and another act of the Malaysian. I thought Oliver Stone would be good. I mean, I must say when we first got together and uh, it was Oliver Stone who wants to make the Doors movie, it seemed like a good idea. Nobody knew at the time that Oliver Stone was actually that crazy guy that then began to twist everything and twist everything, you know, twist the 60s around. Up until that time, I think they, I think he was coming off of Born on the Fourth of July. So it was like Platoon and something else and Born on the Fourth of July and Oliver Stone wants to make the Doors. Sounds great. Let's do it. Then, when I read the script, I thought, oh my God, don't make this movie. I told Oliver Stone. I told him, you know, over the telephone, he wanted to get together and go over the script. I said, the script is completely wrong. Don't make this movie. If you want to make the right movie about The Doors, please call me. I'm at your disposal. I'm at your beck and call. I want, to, I want us all to make the best movie about The Doors and the 60s we possibly can. Please I never heard again from Oliver Stone. I guess on the the one plus side, didn't Kyle McLaughlin look eerily like you? Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean it was Hell, yeah. that was uh yeah, yeah, yeah. So. I mean I, I have no complaints with the actor's portrayal. That was fine. I mean Val Kilmer did a good job as Jim. I mean that was all fine. It was just the director, the director and the writer. He was he was the director writer and he was he well, was, well, was wrong. Absolutely wrong. I mean the, the band it seemed like all the band did was scowl throughout yeah, the whole movie set so. we never right exactly. And obviously there were there were plenty of good Times. A lot of fun, man. Potheads, a bunch of potheads in the I, 60s. Are you kidding? We had a time of our lives. God almighty. Um, let me just ask you a couple other quick yeah. things. Um, is, it is it better to burn out than it is than to, to rust? Is it better to burn out than it is to rust? No, it's rust. No, to it's R-U-S-T. rust. No, R-U-S-T as Neil is said. it better to burn out than to rust? Life is life. You live life for five years, for 55 years, for 105 years. It doesn't matter. You're going back to the same place you came from it doesn't matter what you do here really? you should have you should have a joyous life while you're on the planet that's all that matters and obviously don't hurt other people that's very simple it's not difficult that's that sounds very simple how yeah, do you know so much about Nico's oral sex technique uh, <laughs> I never experienced it for God's sake don't tell my wife um, This is the, the story Jim didn't elaborate on it, but uh, you know, he told me the story and uh, having had it done uh, before uh, and since and, uh, and then uh, I understand exactly what he was talking about um, Have you heard uh, David Crosby just wrote a song called Morrison. Have you heard it? No, I haven't. Oh, okay. Then you can't talk about it. Okay. Um, have you heard it? Uh, yeah. How do the lyrics go? It's it more of a darker Morrison? He said he, you know, the, the time he spent him around Morrison was very unhappy and he did not like Morrison. He thought Morrison was an obnoxious drunk, so. I see, that thought coming from David, because he's really an obnoxious guy, too. I know David. He's oh, really? He's really an obnoxious guy. Uh, he is, I'm sorry. <laughs> what a Jesus Christ, what a jerk. I don't know him, uh, yes, I. I don't like the math. Finally, I want to ask you did, did, did you have something to do with, with producing the knack at the beginning? No, I was going to. I yeah, was, I, was, I was going to. Yeah. I was uh, at some come about. I was at some club in in uh, LA in the I guess what was that, the late 70s. Yeah. I guess and you were there and yeah. and I and I thought, "Gee, I wonder what what an odd pairing and especially cuz at the time the NAC, I mean, I, I you know, I, I didn't see what anybody saw in the knack at the time. that they were going to do and uh, obviously it didn't work well I hope they saved the money for my Sharona well of course they didn't <laughs> they bought big things and, uh, and it, it did stuff up their noses and stuff. so the, money, the money's all gone gone. Uh, that's uh, that's too bad yeah, well, um, anything else that you want to cover uh, I think that does it ok well that's that's great I appreciate your time my pleasure uh, good luck with the book alright well thanks very much take care ok Mark talk to you later
0: Hey, thanks for listening to the Tapes Archive podcast. Please remember, you can always find more information about the show and the individual episodes at our website, thetapesarchive.com. Until next time, the vault is closed.